0: God, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. God, we count you worthy of all praises. God, we count you worthy, Lord Jesus, of good to be spoken of, God, because you hadn't failed us and you won't, Lord Jesus. God, you're a merciful God, you're understanding God, and God, you're a God that we need because you're the only true and living God that exists. God, and we acknowledge that, Lord Jesus, and we thank you. Hallelujah, God. On tonight, God, Lord, we ask that you condition our hearts to receive your word on tonight. And, God, I pray that you condition me, Lord Jesus, that I may move self out the way and that you may get complete glory from this word, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you give me the words to say, the examples to give, and the scriptures to go to. God, on tonight, God, we pray for the protection of our leader, Apostle Coward, as he's up in the women's convention. God, bless the services there, God. Move all hindrances, all distractions, God. And, God, we pray that you place a hedge protection around this church as well. God, we love you. We thank you in your most precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. That's right. God is good. Amen. 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 So, uh, Pastor gave me a call earlier this week. I guess he was contemplating whether he was going to be here for Wednesday night, and eventually he did give me a call and, and asked that uh, I take care of Bible study on tonight and he wants us to continue along the lines that he had been teaching on on prayer. Uh, specifically, what we'll be dealing with today is men must men ought to always pray, amen. And the necessity of prayer. And so we're going to touch on on that as a whole. Uh, so I want to speak generally on that first half of the topic. Men must always pray or ought to pray at all times, amen. When I first you know, came across that particular scripture, you know, my flesh was involved (laughs) because the first thing I did was discount what the scripture said in order for me to be complacent in the state that I was in. Um, So, you know, somebody tell me that I must pray at all times or I should always be in a position to pray. First thing I say, well, what about work? (laughs) What about life? What about everything else that goes on that I have to consider on a day-to-day basis? How am I to pray at all times and devote every inch of my life to just prayer? And we got these other aspects of the scripture that we have to contend with as well. And so that's always been a question of mine, but I never posed that question because you, you know, who going to ask that question? <laughs> you know? Um, and hopefully by the end tonight, we'll have a general understanding of that scripture. Men must always pray, amen? The first thing we have to understand is the concept of prayer. Um, Dealing with the concept of prayer, that was my biggest issue when I walked into trying to maintain my prayer life. Uh, Is understanding what the purpose of prayer was. Um, When we first learn of God and we walk into salvation, we look at prayer as simply just a request to be made to God. And not understanding the full scope of what prayer really is and the benefits of prayer. Uh, And even that, sometimes we focus on just the benefits of prayer alone and not understanding the necessities of prayer. Um, Prayer isn't just something that you give to God, but prayer is something that you need to live. Um, And that's the necessity of prayer. It's a functionality of life uh, because without it, we're going to crack. Amen. Uh, And so once we start changing the concept of prayer, we'll start participating in prayer. Uh, and most of us who aren't consistent in prayer, we probably have the wrong concept of what prayer is. What our concept of prayer is, is a devotional matter. Uh, we look at prayer as a designated set time, a devotional set, or act towards God. Well, we say, okay, at this particular time, I need to show forth my faith to God and let me get on my knees and pray. And so when we look at prayer as a task, that's when we become inconsistent because then that's when everything else gets in the way of prayer right? Works get in, in, in the way of that task. Uh, you know, a child crying may get in the way of that task. House duties may get in the way of that task. A phone call may get in the way of that task. And when we set the task up to pray, the devil can do anything to disrupt that. And that's the reason why we become so consistent, inconsistent is because we have a heart to pray, but then we only see prayer as a devotion to God and not a necessity to live. Amen. And so when we start changing the way that we look at prayer, then again, we'll start participating in prayer more regularly. Amen. Um, And so first thing we have to realize, and I took some notes here as God was was giving me some things. Let's go to Luke 18 and 1. And it says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men are always to pray and not to faint. Amen. So that's the context of what we're dealing with on today. But when we're dealing with how we conceptualize prayer, the biggest thing we have to understand is we should not get in a mental state where we have to feel like we have to quanti- quantify prayer in order to prove all salvation or prove our relationship to God. What I mean by that is, okay, if I pray three times a day, that proves that I'm saved. That's not true. <laughs> or if I pray, if I get up six o'clock in the morning, that's justifying my relationship with God. Or if I get up at midnight or I set that time or that set the task to pray at this particular time and I do that, even if you're doing it consistently, when you start to quantify your prayer life and start to put, make it a more tangible thing or something that you can achieve, then you're looking at prayer wrong. Your prayer life isn't to prove anything to nobody. You don't pray to prove. Your prayer is a relationship, not a proof of a relationship. You know, So I can't take the very thing that is the relationship and show everybody, the rest of the world, say, look, this is what I do to prove that I have a relationship. If I have a relationship with a person, I ain't got to keep walking around with a sign over my head. <laughs> it is what it is, right? I don't have to be reminded every day that I'm, I'm married, <laughs> You can just look on my call log on my phone and prove and show that I'm a married man because I consistently speak to, talk to this one individual every single day. It's a part of the relationship. It's the communication. And so because now I involve my my my, my, my wife and I, we're not involved in a mutual lifestyle together. Now it feels as if, now before I was a single man and I didn't feel the necessity to have that companionship. But now that we call... Until this marriage, Amen. Now I feel now she don't went up to this women's convention. And I'm over here feeling lost. <laughs> you know, I ain't getting to talk to her as much. And then when I do call her, she rushing me off the phone because she wanna go to her next class. You know, then I try to bring the kids into it. Well, how the kids doing? <laughs> All right. It becomes a necessity. That 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 companionship, that that communication. It it what that what I didn't need before, I now need that. Because uh, because it's just a part of my life now. Now, if I say, okay, I'm going to call my wife three times every day to prove that I love her, that means I don't love her, <laughs> right? Because who am I trying to convince by setting the standard of print or talking to her three times in a day that I'm in a relationship with her? I shouldn't have to quantify how many times I make contact with her to prove my relationship. Same thing with God. I shouldn't have to set, now don't get me wrong, we should be praying at least three times a day, morning, noon, and night. We should be. But what I'm saying, that shouldn't be your achievement. That shouldn't be the purpose, or that shouldn't be the thing that you absolutely reach for. It should just come with the territory. Amen? And even then, when you understand devotion or prayer, you understand, okay, in the morning times, you need to pray to have some things to assign out to your daily, your daily activities. Amen? That's when you need to have angels call and have God uh, involved to assist you with the day that you have ahead. And then we all know noonday is a time of warfare. And so that's when the atmosphere changes. So at noon, we pray so we can condition ourselves for that warfare. Amen. And at nighttime, at midnight, we know that's when a lot of demonic activity uh, rises up. So we need to pray for the protection through the night watch. And so there is a need or a purpose for those three times of prayer, you know, but understand the necessity of it and not just the task of it. That's what I'm getting at. Amen. But well, we're not going to stay there on just the three prayers. Uh, we read Luke 18 and 10, uh, excuse me, 18 and 1. Let's go, let's go down to 18 and 10, understanding the necessity of prayer men praying at all times. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with him, with him uh, thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithe of all that I possess. And so, let's just stop there. We 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 see the Pharisees' prayer. And it's a prayer to try to prove something, right? Y'all, y'all get what I'm going. It's almost as if he's trying to convince himself that he belongs with God. And when you now read the publican's prayer, let's read his prayer and let's look at his state of mind. His prayer in the 13th verse, and the publican standing at afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but uh, smote upon his breast saying, God be merciful to me a sinner. And it says, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Why is it that now this publican, his prayer was more justified than the Pharisee? Because the publican prayed with sincerity of heart. He prayed with a necessity. He uh, he needed something from God. Whereas the Pharisee, he was trying to prove something to God. Let me show you this. We, we, we and I'm, I'm, I'm touching on this because last week when Pastor was teaching on prayer, he was dealing with humbleness, right? He said the two ways that we can, be, uh, most people get lifted up in church is what? Doing uh uh cast not demons and what? Praying. And when we get in that atmosphere of prayer and we learn and we start praying in front of others, we have to be mindful of our intent. We have to be mindful of our intent. You know, um, you know, if you ain't saying the same thing you ain't say, that you're saying at home, you don't need to be saying it here. And if you ain't sweating from the brow at home, you don't need to be sweating from the brow here. And because now you're getting to a place where you're trying to prove through prayer that you have a true relationship rather than praying for the service that we should be praying for. So it all goes back to the intent. And so when you understand the concept of prayer, I'm praying for a reason. I'm not praying to prove. Now, the one thing we should be proving is in Second Timothy. It's something that is to be proved, but it ain't prayer. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of what? Truth. So the one thing that we should be trying to prove is our knowledge of the scripture. Now you prove that to God that you got something in you. But the relationship, that's between you and him. And so we have to, we have to get from that place where we, just stop, where we stop trying to prove all salvation through prayer. Uh, you know, we all do it sometimes, you know, when we out here praying and sometimes we're going to a prayer, we get into a deep place of prayer, and then we go into a deep place of sleep. All right. And as soon as you hear somebody walk across your head, you jump up and say something. Why? We all do it. I I do it. <laughs> Why? Let's, let's start digging deep at our, at our intent. Why do we jump up? and say hallelujah, when somebody walks across our head or we hear somebody else get happy and start screaming in tongues, then we pop up and start praying in tongues. Why is that? And and I'm not saying every time we do that, that we are in the wrong state of mind and we're doing it with the wrong intent. But I'm just showing you human behavior. (laughs) It's human behavior. Because you know that consciously you should be down here praying and now you got to prove to everybody that you weren't asleep when you were asleep. Just tell everybody you were asleep. <laughs> you should go to sleep. Peter did. Did we get an example of people, Peter jumping up when Jesus came? He had, Jesus had to wake him up. Right? If you go out of sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm saying that so, so we don't pick up that habit and we don't pick up that mind to prove that, hey, I am righteous. Hey, I am praying. If you sleep, you fell asleep. That's it. Jesus wasn't hearing you because you can, you didn't hear yourself. <laughs> you wasn't <weren't> praying, <laughs> right? So we got to get out of that place where we, we were so conscious of other people when we're praying. I heard something powerful from uh, some years ago. I was, we was dealing with a young man in the back and it was one of those powerful Sunday mornings where a lot of people got the Holy Ghost and it's when we used to go use the prayer room in the back. And afterwards, me and this young man and a couple other brothers, we went out to eat. And uh, I asked the young man, he had received the Holy Ghost. Excuse me. Excuse me. And I asked the young man, I say, "Uh, so who else had received the Holy Ghost? He said, well, if I would have been able to tell you who else received the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't have got it. The young man told me that. (laughs) Shut me up. You already know I changed the subject. (laughs) But but it, it was profound. If he had been worried about everything else around him, he would have never fulfilled the purpose, that the reason why he was in there, which was to receive the Holy Ghost. And so it is with prayer. When we are so consumed with the environment around us, we ain't consumed in prayer. Because we're conscious of everything that's around us. We're conscious of somebody else praying louder than us. We're conscious of somebody saying something more profound in us. We're conscious of someone getting a breakthrough. None of that should matter if we all have the same objective. Amen? And prayer is multifaceted. So it's not just one element of prayer. It's it's a large scope of what prayer is. So you may go from prayer to meditation and then call that sleep, but do it. Don't mean that all of us have to be happy at the same time. Be sincere in what you're doing in prayer. Amen? So that way we don't pick up the wrong spirit when we pray. And then God can't receive us because we're praying with a spirit of pride versus coming in, humbly submitting unto him, with prayer, amen, and so understand, again, the concept of prayer and not the proof of prayer, amen. Now, let's go to um, Matthew 6 and 5, doubling back from 2 Timothy 2 and 5, 15, understanding that we only post to study to show our self-improvement to God, workmen that need not be ashamed and rightly dividing the word of truth. We understand that that's for the scripture's sake, right? But then when it comes to prayer, Matthew 6 and 5, it says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So it's the complete opposite. It's Because look at it. When, when, when you going up before a congregation and you're going to preach and you're going to teach, you need to study to show yourself and to God because you need to know what the world you're saying before you get up there. You need to prove that you are qualified in order to give God's word. But then prayer is more intimate where you don't have to qualify yourself for prayer. That's giving it to all men. You must be doing it at all times. We're going to get to that. And so you don't have to prove. So the press complete opposite. That's an intimate setting. So he said, you know what? Don't go out on the corner of the street and don't go out before man. What you do is go in a secret place and learn how to do that there. And then when you're called to pray in front of everybody, then it's genuine. That's what you do on a regular basis. It's no different. All right. And so, that, you know, that's no different. You know, I don't I ain't used to cooking at home. Then I turn around and try to cook for the whole church. That, 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 y'all going to taste the difference. And so we got to understand what we offering to God. So if you ain't praying at home and you try to cook a meal for the con, God tastes the difference. He know that ain't, that, that's something, that something ain't seasoned right. It ain't now. Amen. And so now let's go to prayer as a necessity. And I was speaking of earlier, prayer is not a task. It's a, It's a relationship. And, and and so going back to uh, Luke 18 and 1, bringing us back to the point that we must always pray and not faint. What we have to realize is to get to the level of prayer where we're praying without fainting, without ceasing and praying always, we condition ourselves to think prayer is always something that's outwardly expressed where others can observe and tell what we're doing. But I'm going to use an example in the scripture where a person prayed with their lips, could be seen they their praying, but their prayer was so low that they couldn't be heard. So it was truly between that person and God. So they weren't entertained or were trying, weren't trying to entertain the people around them. They just wanted to get to God. And the biggest thing when we're dealing with praying without ceasing and men always praying is the fact that, we have to understand that we speak to ourselves through, throughout the day, all day, all, all the time. All day long, I'm having thoughts within myself of what I should do, what I ought to do, what I shouldn't do, right? Uh, what to eat, which route to take. All these thoughts, and I'm having this conversation within myself all day Long non-stop communication within myself all day long. And then when you get comfortable with yourself and you can turn the radio off sometimes and just talk to yourself, then sometimes my thoughts I verbalize them, and ain't nobody in the car but me and me. <laughs> and I'm trying to sort some things out of my head, <laughs> and we just we just talking. I ain't crazy, <laughs> I don't answer. <laughs> So, you know, so we, we now truly look, we talk to ourselves all day long. So now think about if men always pray, if you're talking to yourself all day long without ceasing until you go to sleep and then, then you start dreaming, that's still communicating. You're talking to yourself all day long. Then when you take that concept and understand there's something, there's a self-existence that I've now acknowledged that I have an outward appearance, but there is an existence of myself that's invisible that I communicate with. So the visible me is communicating with an invisible part of me all day long. And so the concept of speaking to something all day is not impossible because we do it. But when we take and we conceptualize prayer as something that we do on a devotional time set, then you see where the mix up happens so we now think prayer is okay getting on my knees but then what happens when prayer is simply talking to the Holy Ghost that's in you what happens where instead of just going out and doing something internally Lord help me which way should I go Lord should I do this first Lord should I deal with this sister here or should I call her about that uh, Lord Lord Uh, How about this Should, should I should I should I take that trip or should I stay home? You're no longer talking to yourself, but you're talking to yourself, understanding that there's an existence of the Holy Ghost within you. So the same capacity that you have to speak to yourself, you now understand that you have the capacity to speak within yourself to something else. Amen. And so now we understand, okay, you're supposed to seek God and we're supposed to put him first and you're supposed to consider him in all your ways, right? How do you do all that? When you understand that he in you, (laughs) that he gave you the Holy Ghost, he gave you a spirit that dwells within, and now you don't have to just be worried about your thoughts. You don't have to be worried about other individual thoughts. You don't have to just consider the devil's thoughts but now you have to consider the Holy Ghost within you. So you can be communicating with four different things within yourself. You can be communicating with the Holy Ghost. You could be communicating with your true self. You could be communicating with a thought or somebody introduced to you. You could be entertaining the devil. All those things are internalized. And that's why that's so important that we watch what we hear, especially as young children. We watch what we hear because they ain't saying to you nothing to you, but they having a whole conversation about that rap song in their head. And then that's where that self-existence becomes true because now they start to self-identify with outside influences and not speaking to themselves anymore, but they speaking to a spirit that has not entered in them. Same concept. It can be good or bad. It's just how we we do it. We just don't do it to God. So now, when we understand, okay, there is something in me that I need to speak to and consider. Let I me mean, let me show you. Let's go to Ephesians five and nineteen. I'm jumping the gun, but I just want to prove this 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 uh, this to you in the Scripture. Ephesians five, and I believe we're sitting five and nineteen. It says what. Speaking to yourself in psalms and spiritual hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to who? But I thought you were speaking to yourself. <laughs> so you speaking to yourself in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, but then it says you're doing it to who? The Lord. And so that's confirmation that yes, I'm singing to myself this melody. But then I'm not singing to myself, but I'm singing to the God that's in me. So, yes, I'm speaking to myself, but then I'm speaking to something that's in me. Amen. And so that phenomenon, that it, it exists in the scripture where I can speak something within myself, but it's to myself, but it's not for me. And so that's all, that's prayer. That's prayer. And so when we can understand prayer like that. So when apostle comes up and he say, well, the problem is, the reason why y'all stressed out is because y'all ain't praying. Me, I pray all the time. That's what he said, right? He, I'm always praying. And Then y'all say, well, pastor, you always counseling. How you always praying? Well, why are you telling your story? Who, we don't know what he's saying within himself. <laughs> we don't know what he's saying. So we tell him the story and he nods his head and he can be, Lord, help him. <laughs> right? I'm going to let you define what that help is. Because we come with a whole bunch of stories. Amen. And so while, and it's a beautiful thing when you learn this concept. Because now, while I'm getting stressed out at work and I'm getting all this added onto my, my workload. And they're throwing all this to me and new responsibilities and new things and all this stuff. And I'm starting to get frustrated. I simply just stop and I say, Lord, help me. Help me. Lord, show me how to write this letter to this attorney. Help. Lord, show me. Which way, what should I do first? Um, <laughs> matter of fact, a perfect example. Vlad was helping me uh, the other day. I was uh, we was going to do a task with the excuse me, the Bible Way building department. And we was going to go meet with someone on that and they were delayed. So I say, like, well, I don't like to waste time. So Instead of just sitting waiting for the lady. Uh, the, uh, I don't want to say the lady, but the uh, the individual. I said, well, let's just go to my house. It ain't too far from here. We, we can do some work there until. And it's the middle of the day, so uh, I just, I, we went over to the house, and we called ourselves trying to put up some um, quarter round because I need to put some trim around my kitchen cabinets in the island. And got the quarter round and started putting it in, and I bought me a, 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 a Brad Nils, uh gun thing, with jig to staple it, and then the nails were too short, so it didn't work. So I said, man, I got to do this thing manually. So, well, uh, good thing I got Vlad here. You hold that in, I hold this in, and I'm hammering it in. Well, we got real plywood uh, uh, counters. Uh, uh, what you call the things? Cabinets. Cabinets. Um, and it's real hardwood. So, I went to go bang the nail, and the nail bent. Because yeah, they were finishing They was finishing nails, so they were sorry. They were skinny. Yeah. Me and him on all hands and knees just keep. Hitting it. And we putting holes all in my, my, my quarter round. Just hitting, hitting, hitting. And the thing kept banging, kept banging. And black this I got, I got frustrated. I said, I'm done with this. I, I'm, I'm dusty and dirty and everything. We both sweating. So I don't know how we sweating hitting nails. We sweating and everything. And I got frustrated. Threw the hammer down, threw the nail to the side. I said, man, I'm done with this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I literally sat up. I said, Lord, help me. Just simple as that, Lord help me. And then not even five seconds later, black Day, I said, you know what? These are wrong nails. Let me go and get these nails over here. I got some, I got some bigger nails over here. They finishing nails too, but they got a bigger gauge on them. It's bigger than the 18 gauge. So I went and hit the first nail and went straight through. I said, see that, look at that. We got it, we got it right. And so, but the, and that's what I'm saying. So even speaking within yourself, it's just minor things. All day long. Consider God. Consider God. That's prayer. That little bit that I said, Lord, you got to help me. And matter of fact, I said, I, I, this is what happened. I'm getting more detail. I hit the nail. I said, Lord, help me. And then I had the same nail. So I got a brand new of the same nail and tried to drive it again and it bent. And I said, Well, Lord, I I asked for help. I said, Just like that. I said, Lord, I asked for help. And then that when he he said, Boy, you got the wrong nail. see, when you start talking to God, he'll start talking to you. It's literally just like that. And boy, you got the wrong nail. I went and got the nail and drove the right nail. And so, and, and so it's a and so when you begin to understand prayer as a, a way of communication, a way of, a, I wasn't trying to prove nothing. I ain't care about proving nothing. I wasn't trying to prove that I was saved because at that moment a nail wasn't about my salvation. I was trying to be done. <laughs> I was tired, my knees was hurting. Lord, you got to help me because I got to get out of this house. We got this appointment to do for you. That's the gist of it. And just like that, he'll bring a thought to your mind. Now I can sit here and take credit, so I should have known it would take a bigger, but I ain't know no better. <laughs> I can tell you now I would have never thought of that. And that's all it is. It's 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 continual communication throughout your day, considering and placing God before all your thoughts and actions, and literally asking him, God. What's next? God, what should I do? Within yourself. I want to show you this here and I'm not going to be too, too much longer. Let's go to uh, 1 Samuel. I like, after, you know, the passing of my mother, um, next month will make a year from that date. Uh, That was one of the most difficult times that I went through my life. And I went through that was that was that was one of the most difficult times that I went in my life. Um never doubted God, never questioned God, but it was it, was, it just was not easy. It's just a fact, it was difficult. Um and I remember, and this is this this I remember reading this passage of scripture during that time, because I actually went searching the scriptures. I said, it got to be somewhere in the Bible, somebody will hurt me like this. I got to find out. Because I need some help. And I remember I couldn't stand. I, I I never felt more close to God. During that time that I was praying for my mom's. Uh, healing. And even the time that they forced us to pull the plug. And then she didn't make it. That whole time. I never felt God so close to my face. I knew God was with me. The entire time. And that's. When my prayer life changed, because I always thought my prayer life was based on me getting on my knees and how long I can go. Oh, I'm 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 at a, I'm at 45 minutes now, I'm at an hour easy. You know, I can just talk to God on the phone, I can just cry out and I feel something every time. That's how I was basing my prayer life. And that's what and so if you ask me if I if how healthy my prayer life was, I was basing it on that, how long I can go. And that was unhealthy that was task, and that was proof that I was saved and not me praying to God and during this time I remember I would try to come to church and it was so difficult because I God had to, that situation broke me from a lot of pride I had a lot of spiritual pride because I don't like pity I just don't I don't like nobody pat me on my back I don't like I, I deal with I just I don't like nobody make I feel bad already I don't need your bad too <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's just compounded I don't know, just be regular uh, Everybody different, some people need that Some people need that compassion But I was just raised a little, With enough shoulder room It's just, we always had space <laughs> You know, we went all Hugged up and stuff, I don't know if it's a Haitian thing or what a, it was, it was all Two Haitians said It's a Haitian thing, so it's a Haitian thing But um, But I, I never, and but I remember it was so hard for me to come to church, not because I was upset with God. I just didn't know how to face the people. Um, and you know, the devil put all kind of thoughts in your head. You said all this, you did all this, you preached about this. I ain't have time for that. I would just, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to deal with nothing. My emotions were drained. I just didn't want, and it was very difficult. And I remember I would sit in my car and I would talk to God, just as I'm talking to you. I said, God, this hurt. God, I know you know my pain. I know what you, but I want you to hear up my, 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 this right here hurt. And I would I, just like that. I was just talking to God, I'm just talking to God and God began to deal with me. And so much that when I started coming to church and I started making my way back in the church and I would sit off in the back and stuff and I would leave early and God would tear me up by leaving and stuff. And I was like, I know God, I'm sorry. I know that was bad. I know that was bad. I used to be in the car just like that, rubbing my head and everything. God, that was horrible. I shouldn't. Have, I, they were trying to be nice to me, Lord. I'm sorry. Forgive me, because I, I was short with them. I know it was horrible. And I'm literally just talking to God like this. And at the same time, because my false concept of prayer, when I get home, I beat myself up. Say, "Oh, you ain't praying. <laughs> you ain't praying," because I'm not getting on my face, and I'm not. You now that's necessary. But to get through what I had, to I needed a father. I didn't need God at that moment. I didn't, it was nothing to be moved. I didn't need his, his, his massive creation and creative ability at that time. I just needed a father. So that's how I came to him at that time is God help me. My attitude is horrible. I don't know how, I, I told, I said, God, I, I remember telling him just like this, God, I don't know if the death of my mom is going to make me a better or worse person, but I know I'm a changed person. If it's changed for the better or worse, that's for you to tell. But right now, I know it ain't going to be the same. I was just talking to God. But now I'm starting to beat myself up because I don't understand what all these years in the church, I didn't understand what prayer really was. And I'm beat. Now I'm creating a tug of war in my own mind, didn't even have to, not knowing that I'm talking to God. I'm talking to him in all my pain. and all, But I'm talking to him as a father. With true relationship and with true sincerity and 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 and, and, and everything else. And, and y'all better believe now. When I mess up, I go to God first. <laughs> I tell him before before anybody else gets to me, I tell him, yeah, that was horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that was I'm sorry. I slapped myself in the head and everything. I'd be like, goodness, that was, that was bad, God. I <laughs> and, and that, but that's that's what it's about, amen. And so let me give you this example. I want to get out your way. First Samuel uh, uh, one, and, and let's start at nine. And so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And this is what got my attention. It says she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto God and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. All right. So it proves that she was praying, but she was still in the same emotional condition. She was still sad. But she was still praying. So I said, okay, what kind of prayer is she doing in order to still be upset but still have access to God? Because First uh, Samuel, I'm sorry, First Samuel 1 and, and, and we're at verse 10 now. And verse 11 says, and she vowed a vow and said, this is what she said. O Lord of hosts, if thou would indeed look on the affliction of my handmaid and remember me. And not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man, child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come up. She having a general conversation with God. That's it. You would think that she was going to call fire from heaven and everything. No, it was just simple. God, if you would just look on me and all my pain and everything I'm going through. I know you know what I feel. But this is let me express it to you. That's all she did. And this is what this is what got me. Twelfth uh, uh, verse. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, uh, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved. So she was speaking through her heart, but her lips were moving. Because I'm a believer and we are, un- we, it's, it's mutually understood that in prayer, something has to be said. You know, so you can't just be saying, oh, I spoke it in my heart. No, you got to say something. It's communication. You got to say something. And so this is proof. Now, look, this is my proof that she was praying. It says that her lips were moving, right? She spoke to her, but her lips were moving. Look what it says here. It says uh, her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. It didn't say she didn't speak. It was just so low that no one can hear it. She spoke within herself, lips moving, heart aching, expressing herself to God. So no matter, and that proved to me, no matter what condition you're in, God is available to be spoken to, no matter what condition. Because I was under this understanding that you had to come before his presence with praise, and you do. But that's when you come before his presence. But when you just need to talk to your daddy and let him know all your pain and sorrow so he can comfort you. You come as you are. If you ain't got enough strength, you whisper it. (laughs) Say something. And that's the biggest thing. What the devil wants us to do is be mute and silent. But gather enough strength just to say something. Something. And eventually you'll get built back up. You'll get built back up. But that's prayer. That's it. It, it, it's, 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 It's not some big, you know, ordeal that we like to make it to be. It's common. It's common. It's as common as you speaking to yourself. Amen? I'm going to close with this. Just a few more points. The next thing we have to realize, we have to learn how to prioritize our prayer life. Let's go to Luke uh, 5. So... Now we understood, we went through a a couple points so far. We understand at the beginning we spoke of not using prayer to prove your salvation, but understanding that prayer is just a relationship. So we don't pray to prove. We don't pray and get all loud to show everybody, look at me. We pray for a relationship. We pray to communicate. We pray to express ourselves to our Savior. That's it. And that expression can come in many forms. It can come through shouting, it can come on your knees, it can come prostate, it can come, it it can come in many forms, but all it is is you expressing yourself and receiving expression back from God. That's it. So whether you're speaking within yourself, whether you're speaking outwardly in any form or fashion, it's an expression, it's a relationship. And you know, every relationship I have with individuals, some people I get loud with, some people I say, hey, let me let me whisper in your ear. It's different forms of communication, so we don't put any barriers on how we communicate with God. Next point we, we reached was uh, uh, we dealt with um, uh, studying, not to study, not, excuse me, not, not proving all prayer, but only proving for the word of God. And we're not supposed to be proving our prayer life, but we proved, we study to show ourselves approved unto God. And then we dealt with the uh, these uh uh, why prayer is essential. Now I want to deal with priority of prayer and the priority of your prayer life. Luke 5 and 1, it says, and it came to pass that uh, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of uh, Jacineret uh, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships and uh, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust a little from the land. And he sat down and talked the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. And Simon answering, said unto him, Master, we have tore all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net brake. And they beckoned to their partners and were in the other ships that were, that should come and help them. And they came and filled both the boat ships that they began to sink. Uh, the part I want to deal with on this one specifically is verse uh, 5. And Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we have tore all the night. When we look at that word toil, that means to, uh, that's like an exhaustive labor. Uh, So it means to labor to the point of exhaust, almost like hard labor, it's continuous labor. And in our life, we work so hard to achieve so many things, and we will achieve those things. Uh, Proof is, what was that, is that uh, Genesis 11 chapter, when they built the tower, you know, and they built it into heaven, and so... If you have enough minds put together and with unity, there's not too many things that you won't be able to achieve. But you have to look at how efficient you are in achieving those things. And the things that the measure of your efficiency is how much you incorporate God in your actions. And so, yes, you can go off and get your degree. Yes, you you can go off and start your own business. Yes, you can go off and be successful. But how much you toil in doing that? It's going to be determined on how much you allow God into that situation. And so, and when I'm dealing with priority, it's so many people that are really trying to come up. The church is blessed. A lot of people financially are getting to a place where they're satisfied and content. But what concerns me is how hard we're working to get there. How hard we're working to get there. Um, And I and I can only use my personal example because I know myself better than any other person that I can speak of, amen. And so, a lot of people and I probably shouldn't say this on air, but you know, with my job, I I work remotely, um, and I have to handle over two hundred some odd claims at a time. And so that's two hundred claims at one particular time that I have to handle. And, and, and try to bring those claims to a resolve through a settlement. And with that the workload, I should be working at least minimum nine to ten hours each day to manage those files. I'm not going to tell you my hours that I actually have to work, but they gave me my metrics for the year, and I was above average for everything, claims settled, claims assigned, everything it a whole nine, I was above average on everything. I think, except for one metric, and that metric, I was I was uh, average. I wasn't below. I was average. And a lot of people, and y'all know the things that I'm I'm tasked with here at the temple. I purposely work from the church, so I can be an assistance to an Apostle when he's gone. So when things come this way, y'all been on social media today. Y'all seen the kind of stuff we have to deal with, and so uh, it, well, all kind of stuff that come this way. Whether people need to be prayed for. All those things Pastor make one phone call, say, son, go here, do that, whatever. And I'm available to do those things and get back to work. Uh, The point that I'm getting at is I don't have to put in 10 hours of work in order to complete all those things. It's because of the prayer life. It's because before I start, I ask God to help me with this day. Uh, Before I touch that computer, there's there's two things that I do before I touch that computer and log in. I say a prayer, and I cut a message on. <laughs> Literally, I cut one of pastor, I cut one of his messages on. I got to hear the word while I'm working. Most, now that's opposite. Most times, now all day long I'm writing letters and writing notes all day long in my files. I'm just I'm writing letters to attorneys, writing letters to this person. And when I say letters, I'm talking about multi-page letters, and they're and they have they they are very complex letters because you're dealing with a lot of money, <laughs> and so. And I have to justify myself through reporting and all. I'm doing this. All You would think if you're writing something so with, with that much complexity to it that you want complete silence. Opposite. I need to hear the pastor Preacher. <laughs> So while he's preaching and I'm literally listening in the background of him preaching, I'm typing and everything else. And then when I get a phone call, I put it on pause, take the phone, answer that, get off the phone, put the message right back on. Prioritizing my life around God allows you to work more efficiently than you would without Him. Is all I'm trying to say. Is just pray. Just put Him first. Just say a word. God help me. Lord, show me. God direct me. When I when I know I have a testy call, I got a person I know they about to show out on the phone, and they don't send me three, four emails, they, they they revving the engine, letting me know they about to hand it to me. Before I take that call, I pray. I pray anybody know me and you know I got a bad slick mouth. I got I, I got a quick trigger. I got I got <laughs> that one of them. Help me, Lord. <laughs> I done messed up again. I got a quick trigger. It just, I don't know why. I didn't ask for it, but it's been in use. But and and, and I and I get and let me, I'm on camera. <laughs> but that I I let Lord know yourself. One thing prayer gonna do is gonna show you you. It's gonna show you all your faults. It's gonna show you, and it's not it's not showing you your faults to be depressed and saying oh how, how, how off I am. It's showing me so that I can continue to pray to say God this coming now. Watch help me now, <laughs> help me. And so I I, I accept Lord. All right, <laughs> help me Lord. <laughs> we don't want no episode. Help me. And when you become, when you when you take on that father-child relationship with God, you can start having those type of communications with God and be real with God. I ain't got to put on no show no more. I can just be real. God, this is, what, this is what's going on. I need help with this right here. No, this right here. I need help with that. And God will aid you. Maybe not the way that you want, but at the end of the day, it's going to get done. Amen? Uh, let me move on. Last thing here. uh <clears throat> Uh, Luke fourteen and sixteen. Fourteen, sixteen. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs to go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke and oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have uh, have have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to the servants, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the main halt and the blind. The servant said, Lord, it is done as thou had commanded and yet there is room. And the point that I want to make as I piggyback off the last scripture that we dealt with, dealing with prioritizing God of your life is we can come up with as many excuses that we want. We can come up with a plenty of excuse and there may be justified. But at the end of the day, your tr- once you develop that prayer life and you have that relationship with God, nothing should bec- become before God. And so there, there have been a plenty of things that I've wanted to do, but I had to put them on the back burner because God comes first. Um, I never intended to live with my sister for two years while I helped finish building this house. Uh, when she asked me how long she, I needed this, uh, how long she needed the houses, I told her eight months. To build a house. We're on two years. <laughs> two years. That was never my intent. But you know what happened? While I'm working on the house, pastor say, Hey, I need you to do this. I stop and go do that. I have a whole weekend plan. I said, Okay, ooh, good. I'm going to put my drywall and my insulation up today and everything. I'm going to do it Saturday. I have all the order lined up, had the people deliver stuff on Saturday. So I need you to do this funeral. I stopped. It's been going on two years of stopping and going. Stopping and going. People coming, when the house gonna be finished. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why? Because God always is first. And I can't put no timeline because I don't know what's gonna come in between. And that's been my that that's 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 it. That's my life. That's my life. So I don't care about the process. I care about the order. And so it's long. no You can be. Pastor had to send me home when I first got married. He said, son, go home. <laughs> you got a wife now. He had to send me home because I ain't know no better. I didn't know any better. All I knew was God just serving God, serving God, serving God, serving God. I didn't know. Literally, I knew no better. I thought that was life. And I thought everybody in the rest of the world should think like that. I didn't understand. I used to get frustrated. Why, why they don't do that? Why? Why? I didn't understand. But I had to learn how to, something, I had to when you get married. I had to, I had to, she had to show me the scripture, you know. <laughs> it's in the scripture, so I had to, I had to back. do no say I, I, he had to force me to be with my wife. I love my wife. And just show you, I really had to change my mind. I, I thought you don't put nothing before God. I thought like that. <laughs> That's just the way I thought. And so we're going on two years, and we just not finishing up this house. God be the Lord, I thank God. But we just now finishing up this house after two years. And why? Because God comes first. Simple as that. And so when you learn how to communicate and prioritize God in your prayer life, guess what? He's going to be priority in all your actions. And it's as simple as that. And so you pick up that practice of speaking to God when you first wake up. Asking God which way you want him to have your day laid out. Asking God, what shall I do first? Literally asking God about everything within yourself and building that internal relationship with God because He's in you. And then, now, guess what? Now, because you communicate before you act, guess what? It's inevitable. Your actions are gonna follow the instructions that you received by the communication that you had through prayer. So now all your actions are gonna be prioritized with God being first versus yourself. Amen? Praise God. I hope all that makes sense. Amen. That'll conclude our Bible study on tonight. <laughs> Amen. I did have a few instructions uh, from...